There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. I want to thank each of you for tuning into the podcast. Once again, this is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. I'm back behind the microphone for at least a couple more days until the birth of our baby boy. And it's going to be a little bit harder for me to record when we have a screaming babe as well as a two and a four-year-old here in the house. And so I'm going to take at least probably a week off from doing recordings. But this week, I'm going to try to record as much as I can and get as far ahead as I can. But then we've also asked many other men to preach for us. And so we have several lined up, have some more to come. And we're just going to try to use what God has given. And that's a gift from the Lord. And it breaks up the monotony, if you will, of listening to the same person over and over and over. One of the hard things about being a pastor, sometimes pastors stand in the pulpit. And that's all people hear over and over. The same stories, the same nuances, the same little things. And then God eventually send an evangelist in, maybe send a missionary and break up the monotony. And boy, people get all excited. And they say, man, boy, I, I wish this guy was our pastor. I, I wish this guy would do the podcast. But what they don't realize is if the evangelist was there every single day, day in and day out, preaching all day on Sunday, preaching on Wednesday nights, you know, eventually they get tired of that too. And so we're thankful for those men that have stepped in, these men that will be preaching. And I know we have some good messages lined up. I'm thankful for Brother Barnes, who has already preached for us. And folks gave good feedback, listened to Brother Barnes' message on prayer, how we thank the Lord for that. And uh, we're appreciative of these men being a help to us, being a blessing to us. And I pray you continue to tune in and let others know about this podcast. Those of you that are doing homeschool, using this for chapel services, I pray the children will be taking notes, listening, maybe give them a quiz on what's being preached on the podcast. Today, we're going to look again at Psalm 18. And uh, we've, of course, looked at the uh, four Gospels concerning the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And here in Psalm 18, it points to that great event. This is prophetic concerning that great event. Uh, David is speaking here the words of this song and the day the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And then he spake this great song. And so we see in verse four that the sorrows of death compassed me. Now, where is that at? Of course, we realize it's one of two places. It's either on the cross of Calvary or it's in the sorrow of hell. And we see that because in, in, we see that in hell, of course, there is death. And there's a sorrow of death. But I believe he's speaking here of the cross. I believe we see Jesus Christ as he's being offered. That body is upon the cross and is about to die. And then he said, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. Again, there's a transition point there. There's a place where he's on, on the cross and the ungodly men are cursing him and spitting upon him and smiting him with the reed and wagging the head. And they've crucified him. They've nailed him to the cross. But then also in the sorrows of hell, ungodly men, vile men, the vilest of vile, of wicked men, ungodly men are in hell. Godly men don't go to hell. Ungodly men go to hell. And then we see the transitions made in verse 5 when he says, The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, 
and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. And so we see the cry of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. We see as he cries unto his Lord. We see that in Psalm 22, again, prophecy of David concerning Jesus Christ. In verse 1, he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's the exact words that Jesus Christ uttered on the cross of Calvary. My God, my God, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You say, do you speak foreign language? No, I'm just telling what the King James Bible says. And uh, the, the word of God put that in there for us to understand when he cried, my God, my God. He's crying in his own tongue. They said he's crying for Elias. No, he wasn't crying for Elias. He was crying unto the Father because the prophet said he would cry unto the Father he said, why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But then he makes this great statement in verse 3, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. I'm just going to look at this briefly in Acts chapter 2 and Psalm 16. We've spoke of this just recently. I hope it's fresh for those of you that listen, but in case there's somebody listening that's not listened before, I'd recommend you to listen to Psalm 16. I think it would be a help to you. And Psalm 16, we instruct in this matter, but he said in verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Now, as the sorrows of death have compassed him about, he wasn't concerned about the body. He was not concerned about his flesh. Why? Well, because in Psalm 16, he said, my flesh also shall rest in hope. He wasn't worried about the death of his body. He wasn't about worried about his body being offered on the cross. And for he says, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. But the wicked men have made him afraid. The ungodly men, rather, have made him afraid. That's what he says. When he's been offered for sin, the ungodly men have compassed him about. The ungodly men made me afraid, he said. Acts chapter 2. Peter is preaching here, and he said this in verse 25. For David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. And then Peter says this, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. So he tells us that because of the promise of God to David, that Jesus Christ would resurrect because it was going to be the seed of David that would be raised up to sit on the throne. And we know that that's the person of Jesus Christ. And so David is prophesying with knowledge. David is prophesying by faith. Yet it pleased the Holy Ghost to speak through David to tell us of Jesus Christ. And here, again, we see by faith, David is prophesying. And he said, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. What are the snares of death? It has a hold of the body. 
The snare is upon the body. That body cannot resurrect until God looses it, until God frees it. Until the, the strong man is bound, that old last enemy is bound, and we resurrect from the grave, the snares of death prevented me. Listen, I have loved ones in the grave. I have loved ones. Their bodies are lied down to rest. Is it soul sleep? No, their bodies are rotten. Their bodies are decomposed. Most of them are just skeletons, maybe wrapped in some clothing to survive, but their bodies are just skeletons in the grave. The worms have destroyed them. The bacteria have destroyed them. Yet that flesh is resting in hope. That body is resting in hope. That body is awaiting the resurrection of the just. And how we do thank the Lord for that. He said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. We saw the, saw the call of Calvary. We see that Psalm 22, the cry of Calvary, the cry of Jesus Christ. And we see that all through the scriptures. Especially here in the Messianic Psalms, we see as Jesus Christ cries out to the Lord and the Lord hears him. He said here, the Lord heard him from his holy temple is what the Lord said about him. For he said, he heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears. We talked about that earlier in some of the Messianic Psalms. The, the ear of God is inclined to the son. He has inclined his ear to hear the cry of his son. Why? He is going to resurrect his son. He is going to raise up his son. He is listening for the cry of his son. Why? Because he knows he's going to resurrect. He knows that he's going to live forever. He knows that body's only resting in the grave. His soul's been made an offering for sin, and the Lord is going to deliver him from the sorrows of hell. Now, this is a doctrinal statement I'm going to make. This is the Daily Doctrine devotional podcast, and I'm going to make a doctrinal statement. People say, well, how long was he in hell? Long enough, we know, to get the keys of death and of hell, but we also know that before that day was through, for he said to the thief on the cross, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. That's why in Psalm 23, and he speaks about the, the, the table of his enemies. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Why? Because it's going to be in that large place we'll speak of here in Psalm 18. We are also called Abraham's bosom. There are men today. They're very prevalent on such platforms as YouTube or on Facebook. It used to be they had websites. Now they're in Twitter and Facebook, and they're propagating the damnable heresies of Quakers, the damnable heresies of men of old that did not believe the word of God, and a lot of Unitarian doctrines. And these men are propagating these things, and they're decrying the doctrines of the word of God. I recently watched a man that was recommended to me, and he had some good things to say, and they all have some good things to say, and uh, yet he got into this matter, and he said Jesus Christ did not go into a place called paradise because he said paradise is not what men make it to be. And I said, well, okay, what is it then? And then he goes on and explains away paradise. He explains away the fact that Jesus Christ for three days and three nights is in the heart of the earth, but he's not in hell. He's not in the damnation of hell. He's not in the destruction of hell. This man said his soul didn't even go to hell. On the other hand, you have men propagating all over YouTube and all over the internet. They're propagating. He suffered and burned for three days and three nights in hell. But that's contrary to what he told the thief on the cross. He told the thief on the cross this day, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now we see that in this text because he said that the earth shook. 
and trembled. What is it? That's the earthquake. Uh, that's when the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And God made that way into the holy place. And God opened up that door to man through Jesus Christ, through the veil, which is to say his flesh, and that we can come to him, and that we know that we can come through Jesus Christ to God. And God made that way when the earth shook and when the veil was rent. The word of God said the foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken. Why? Because he was wroth. And so that great earthquake affected the whole earth. It wasn't just regional in Jerusalem. It affected the whole earth because God was wroth. Why? They've crucified his son. His son's been made an offering for sin. His son has died for the sins of the whole world. Then went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth, devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down. Notice that he came down and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. That's what the word of God tells us. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. The Lord himself came down to see his son. The Lord himself came down the visitation upon his son. And the word of God said this, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. Why? Because he drew that veil of darkness across the sky when he judged his son. When he condemned his son, when he ran upon him, according to Job 16, and took him by the neck and shook him, he was judging him under the cover of darkness. That's why darkness was upon the earth. And I believe the whole earth was dark. It wasn't regional. It wasn't an eclipse. I believe just like the whole earth shook, I believe that darkness was upon this earth. Why? Because the Lord himself had come down. He has hid himself from man and he hid in the darkness and he judged his son in the darkness, but he came and visited. And by the way, he was near enough that when Jesus Jesus Christ cried. The great God of heaven heard his cry. That's how near he was. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring? Why could he say that? Because he's a very near God. He's near to his son. He's close to his son. He has his hands upon his son. And Jesus Christ sees him there on Calvary and calls upon him. The word of God said, made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At his brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed. Hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomforted them. And he said that the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. And notice verse 16. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. There's the faith of Jesus Christ. He delivered me from my strong enemy. What did he do? He bound the strong man. He delivered him from the strong man and from them which hated me. Who are those that hated me? That's verse four. It's the ungodly men that made him afraid. He said, for they were too strong for me. Again, going back to verse 4 and to verse 5, and he says, the snares of death prevented me. Why? They were too strong for me, but the Lord delivered me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. And then, they, then he goes on, he says this, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And so again, the doctrine is simply this. He died on the cross of Calvary. His body's off on the cross. His blood is taken to heaven and put on the mercy seat. And his soul is made an offering for sin. 
and his flesh rests in hope. His body goes to the grave, but his soul has been made an offering for sin. But what is the doctrine? This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Where is that? He said he brought me forth also into a large place. How did he bring him forth? He delivered his soul from hell. He said, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. So he delivered his soul from hell, brought him into a large place. There's the thief on the cross. There's Abraham's bosom. There's the Lazarus who was in Abraham's bosom. There's the Old Testament saints that have died in faith. They're awaiting Jesus Christ by faith. They believe he's coming. They know he's coming. And he says, he delivered me because he delighted in me. Now, that's the doctrine. The problem today is so many heresies and damnable heresies have been preached against this doctrine that it's hard for men to sort this out today. And they say, well, what about that word Hades? Well, you realize that word Hades is also used in Luke 16. And men have used that to refute the doctrine of the soul of Jesus Christ in hell. And they say, what about Hades? But in Hades, the rich man, and according to the Greek word Hades there, the rich man was in hell in torments. And it's the same word. But yet men use that to confound the minds of the wise, to try to tear down the foundations of God. But the importance of the offering of the soul of Jesus Christ, and just as important, he delivered him from his strong enemy. He brought him into a large place. And there he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Where is that? He's in Abraham's bosom. He's in paradise. Listen, he's going to set those captives free, the word of God tells us. He's going to preach to the prisoner, my friend, and to God be all the glory. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And the father loved him. The father sought him out. The father delivered him. And in his worst calamity and his worst suffering, the great God of heaven heard his cry. His cry came into the heavens when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the Lord God heard him and came and delivered his son and brought him into that large place. And might I say this, he brought him there to await the resurrection. And within three days, my friend, to God be all the glory. As the Son of Man was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, there was a glorious resurrection. It's no coincidence this week. Here we are preaching the Thursday podcast. And by the way, I know till tomorrow people celebrate Good Friday. They just got their timelines wrong. Just a little bit confused about that. But my friend, on this Lord's Day, this coming Sunday, we'll be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resurrection Sunday. Why? Because his flesh was resting in hope. What a wonderful promise from the Lord. Would you have a great day? Tune in again tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, 
And we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.